Welcome back. Another episode of American Dudocracy broadcasting here from the Honey Hut, the I, podcast studio. I like that. The Kam- Honey Hut. Kamikaze. Yeah. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Hey, doing well. Happy to be in the Honey Hut here. That's right. With Mayor Dave. Here. Present. All present and or accounted for. <laughs> All right. Appreciate your votes, Kay. <laughs> you got them, Dave. You, you got, got them, them buddy. Print, print them got, out. You got all three of my votes. Yeah. 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 I mailed in like 17 of them for you. I oh, appreciate that, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Ballot dumping. Ballot harvesting. in my basement and yeah. gaming. So uh, continue your voting. and Decide to run for re-election of uh, Mayorville. Ballot packing. <laughs> yep. Yes. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, fellas, all this chaos out there in the world today. And, uh, you know, have you started digging a bunker yet? I have. I, <laughs> uh, you know, I do belong to a group that enjoys the prepping and, the, you know, getting things ready for the Y3K, if you will. <laughs> so <laughs> It's coming up, you know, sooner or later. Pretty it'll be quick, here. And I just want to be ready for Y3K. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, Because <laughs> so. it worked out so good last time, right? I think sure, lessons yeah. learned from the last go, though. Yeah. Right? Boy, I'll tell you what, there are. Yeah. Because uh, I remember running down to the bank about a week or two ahead of time and grabbing a bunch of cash out of the account. and Yeah. Storm a little bit of water. I had some friends that uh, had done a pile of canning and oh, yep. just all kinds of vacuum packing and so forth and water storage. And uh, yeah, they were really doing a good job on that. You know, I think the big thing for me, I would love to see the the stock market. If I had it to do over again, just on the stock market side of things, I think I would uh, throw some money up into the stock market. When it remember how quickly it dipped and then how quickly it came right back. Oh boy. Right? A wise man would have dumped a pile of money in right then. A little bounce and, there. And recouped like thirty percent in a matter of days, right? Now which one are you talking about? You're talking about the, the Y two crazy. Y two K, yeah. Yep. Well, man, how many how many catastrophic <laughs> events have there been in our lifetime? So Y two K was like one, right? Well, stock market speaking yeah how many crashes have there been there's been five or seven there's been a, quite a few right what's it's a crash though like like right now currently january 2023 like the stock market came down out of the covid bubble and i call it a bubble bubble because yep. all that money was kind of printed out and handed out and a lot of people invest in like tech stocks went through the roof because everybody was just sure we were going to live the rest of our lives in a cave and the only connectivity we'd have was a computer and all that stuff took off. So it was like ballooned, right? So all these people investing in these companies and then when the earnings came out and the earnings absolutely could not keep up with the predictions because it's just impossible so then the earnings come out under and then the stock comes down Then the next earnings come out under and the stocks come down. So even these, and a lot of these companies were doing well, they just weren't keeping up with bubble, the wow. giant amount of bubble money that yep. got put into them. Yep. So they were bound to pop. 
And now it's all kind of popped. And now it's all kind of back to almost like a normal-ish level. Yeah, I think we're pre-19 levels now. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Except for inflation. Well, minus that little bitty minus uh, that bump. 40-year 40, 40 high of inflation. <laughs> yeah. One small detail in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What yeah. inflation? It's it's temporary. <laughs> uh, well, now now the whole world has inflation. And, <laughs> right. Uh, President Poopy Pants with some wise words there. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it, dude. Gotta love it. Well, you know, and all that craziness, it kind of, I saw some pretty phenomenal things in the last couple of years. I ain't gonna lie. I saw some people that really kind of drug off like the prep deep in, like this is it. And it, it kind of made me wonder, like there's a healthy amount of preparation you can do to make sure you can you know continue on with life as normal but then also like how much preparation is healthy right like like i made the comment like digging a bunker in the backyard dude and there there were some folks that did that and right. you know man it's it's kind of like okay you you build this underground bunker and and the worst case scenario whatever your scenario happens and then you emerge from it you and your couple kids and you're in a nuclear waste <laughs> world or so what did you win like is is that mm-hmm. is that winning like mm, exactly your kids got three arms now and <laughs> kind of growths on the side of their head you know i uh i personally this was in 2016 and and by the way just so you know here just a few minutes ago matt was Fixing a technical issue, so I was kind of uh, <laughs> I trying was, to search for words while I watched him try to fix this mic, reattaching but, uh, the mic, yeah. making Dave, making Dave chase it around to talk into it. Just run around this room. With, you did pretty uh, good, buddy. We need yeah, video. Anyway. That would have really popped in the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the somebody, new challenge. Somebody would have had a kick out of that. But in 2016, with the uh, Trump Hillary campaign, everybody was. Uh, concerned that this was going to be the start of something really crazy okay so one one guy in particular i'll i'll pick on him he probably doesn't listen to this podcast but because uh, he's still underground i think <laughs> but anyway he was telling me how many people in in utah were actually quitting their jobs they had this land and they were moving into these basically it was caves and compounds con- compounds connexes all kinds of different things it was well astonishing. that's not uncommon for for utah though right isn't that kind of a no normal- hey i grew up in utah <laughs> they do a lot of prepping down there and that's easy that's <laughs> look look i'm normal okay we're <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the cigar. I'm yeah, smoking. Yeah, yeah. Inhaling. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, it was crazy. So he actually had caches in two different places that he was doing. He was uh, setting his property, which is kind of a little bit ish in the boonies for traps. And he had all these devices that were going to alarm him for people approaching his yard. I'm not kidding here. Wow. Uh, he had one site set off for a uh, as a bunker for a nuclear blast. So this happened to be under an interstate where he had built he had built these shelves in there to where if, if uh, we were getting close to a blast, he'd bring in some supplies and under you know, an sh- interstate. I'm not kidding. You. <laughs> I saw that's it. kind of ballsy, isn't it? So 
Jeez. Anyway, to survive a nuclear blast, he was going to, uh, you know, be able to run over there under the interstate, throw up some plywood, and hopefully above the ground where the water was not rushing through, you know, that was melting off. But I, I'm not kidding. These people were serious about that. And I've learned a lot in the in the uh, interim about some of this stuff. So it was interesting to see what people were doing out there in the total fear. Okay. Fear, yeah. Well, I think we we looking back, we can get a pretty good gauge on kind of what to ish expect for the future, right? You know things are gonna happen. Calamities upon us, all this stuff, financial markets crashing, housing markets, tech market. It's gonna happen again, right? Things are gonna happen. There's gonna be environmental issues, earthquakes, tornadoes, all that stuff. That happens, right? So that's kind of unhealthy prep, I think. Oh, absolutely. Borderline a little bit on the cray-cray side of prep. So if I could jump into something, I had a uh, book that was um, recommended to me called A Second After. I, I've talked about this maybe once or twice, but uh, it was incredible. A Second um, After what, Dave? It's called A Second After. It's basically <laughs> a, uh, a guy that had extreme... Um, training in in the military, and he decided he was he's going to divest a lot of uh, research into what would happen after an EMP. So, an EMP, for those who don't know, is an electromagnetic pulse, uh, which is it could be a nuclear bomb detonated a certain uh, height above uh, you know ten thousand feet or so forth. And basically, what it would do is take out a lot of the electromagnetic pulse or uh, electromagnetic uh, magnetic infrastructure of our grid you know the it, all our power would go down anything with a microchip or whatever would be fried because it's just too much energy rushing in for power strips and so forth to uh to take care of so it basically fried a lot of electronic equipment so would that would that fry solar panels too i'm afraid so sir so it's like a darn it it's like a surge of power mm -hmm. that kind of pops and fries everything mm -hmm. over overwhelms it yep so then everything is burned up essentially yeah like the the electronics sorry so like a battery if you had a battery and that thing goes off mm -hmm. it basically cooks the battery to where the battery doesn't function anymore mm -hmm. so anything relying on electricity would poof be on so, so yeah, would the breaker off. just flip or would it actually pop the whole thing it, would, it would probably fry, fry, basically fry it, everything yeah. that was uh, attached to your home electrically wise, it would just basically fry it. This would include cars with microchips in them and so on and so forth. You know, the older cars, the book describes, you know, like your 68 Camaros, 72s, 78s, up to about that year. Uh, most of that was points and condenser, you know, no electronic fuel ignition and so forth. But those, those kind of pieces of equipment would be safe. But anyway, the, it was based off of, it was kind of nonfiction research on a fictional setting. And it was astonishing to how many things it wiped out this electromagnetic pulse. So, you know, when you talk about prepping, it was, uh, you know, re listen to this book for basically it was a 10 hour drive. And then coming back, I didn't finish it yet. So there's still three more chapters left. But it's fascinating on what would happen in that case. So listening to that, uh, that book brought several things to mind. And one of them is number one, 
you cannot prep long enough for a situation like this. Never. You cannot. So if you're trying to think that you're going to live anywhere from re reality from a year to five years through the prepping you've done, you're foolish. You're wasting your time. Forget you're wasting about your money. It. Yeah. You know, I, I think prepping is a very smart idea for a natural disaster or a outage or a hurricane, tornado, you know, earthquake, something like that, that takes things down. It, it, it would be foolish not to have an extra can of beans and some extra supplies for your family. Um, you know, absolutely. Or an alternative, alternative energy source. But if you're thinking you're going to be prepping and storing water and this and that and the other for years, it's not going to happen. Medical supplies run out. There's so much more that this book brings out. I, I highly recommend reading that if you haven't. It's available on Audible, too. So, so what's a healthy... So I guess if we're going to look at reality, reality in the world we live in today, to me, I mean, just kind of back of my hand math here, uh, disruptions seem to last 24 hours to maybe, I think some of the longer ones are like a week. Well, I think that's regional, right? So if yeah. you're on the South Coast, East Coast you know, I would probably extend that a little bit because the chances of a hurricane or a storm or two weeks, maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Right. Be, be prepared for that because that's that's has a history. Right. There's times look at Hurricane Katrina. How long were those folks out of power down there and food and water? So so that aside, though, because, again, that's that's a specific group of people. And I know they're aware of that stuff. But, yeah, I'd say for normal inlanders. Let's say 24 hours. Yeah. Let's say Let's say a two week time frame. Yeah. I think that would be way overboard. But yeah. Yeah. Because that yep. gives us a, a good now in two weeks, of course, within a, a week, other areas of the country are going to start helping send supplies like usually within 24 yeah. hours. However, so if you were going to like for the best use of your time and money and effort and reality, if you were to plan for like kind of being on your own ish for like two weeks, you know, wh what goes on the need list, right? So two weeks worth of drinking water, start with water. So two weeks worth of drinking water based on your family size, you know, what do you need for drinking water? Cause without water, everything goes downhill pretty quick. So to me, that's, that's a very attainable amount of water. I mean, you know, figure to survive, because you're not, I'm going to, okay, so let me preface that. So you're going to neck down your activity because you're going to be surviving for two weeks. So you're not going to be out, you know, working out and exercising and running all this crazy stuff. You're going to be focused on survival. So water intake, you know, how much water does a human need for a 24 hour day? Like, what's the average? Do you guys know? I think it, isn't it a gallon? Half your body weight just, ounces? Just for. So I think a gallon is typically a lot of water. Just just yeah. guessing. I don't think most people drink a gallon a day. I'm going to say about a half a gallon mm. per person to maintain you, health. Because you'll need some for cooking, bathing, well, just, washing. Yeah, just like drinking that. water. Yeah. Like just drinking water. I'd say about a half a mm -hmm. gallon as per, long as your activity isn't significantly increased, right? Yep. So if you've got four people in a home, that's two gallons per day times... 14 days, right? So 28 gallons of water. All right. Is my math on? 
Mm-hmm. So 28 yep. gallons. So that's not a lot of water. Like we're talking need folks, not once. So, I mean, technically you could go two weeks without a bath if you had to, you know, you're going to be stinky and blah, blah, blah. But then food, you know, the human body calorie wise, if you're necking down uh, for survival, you know, calories, forget all the fancy diets and all the craziness. We're just talking calories. Now, what makes up those calories? You can plan accordingly, right? You need certain things, protein, blah, blah, blah. But just calorie intake. You're talking like maybe 1,500 like to survive. Yep. I think the latest I saw was 2,000. Okay. Well, that, that's the average. About a day. Yeah. yeah. Diet's 2,000. Just but for a basic. On a, on a bare bones like survival mode, you could probably get by with less than that. So yeah. uh, let's say 2,000. Yeah. So 2,000 is a good number. So 2,000 calories per person. So whatever your food source is, you need 2,000 per person per day. So again, family of four, right? You need 8,000 calories per day times 14. So what does that food pile look like? And again, I'm just like a, a reasonable amount of prep. So you've got to think outside the box a little bit. You got to think of if my power is disrupted, if I don't have a way to cook a lot of this stuff. So your food supply should resemble those scenarios. So you're trying to eliminate hiccups along the way. You're trying to kind of foresee disruptions in certain things that you're used to. So canned goods are good, you know, dry foods, those types of things are really good. You got to be careful with dry foods because then you might need a little more water. So again, we're not talking this insurmountable stash of stuff like 8,000 calories a day, which isn't a lot of food. Like in today's, of course, if you're eating Twinkies, you know, you get by with that with about six. Um, (laughs) And they last longer too. Yeah. They last nuclear blast. They'll actually preserve you. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. From the inside out. So again, man, like the healthy amount of prep. So those two items right there, you know, pretty easily, easily achievable. Right. In today's society. And shelters, number one, just, you know, shelter. Yes. Number one to protect you from the elements. I don't know. Looking back, I think the number one question everyone's thinking about is how much toilet paper do I need? Right. Ooh, that's a good one. I think six months supply. You need 87, (laughs) 87 rolls per person. Per, yeah. yeah, I saw that on the on the news. <laughs> the The fascinating part of this book you might was, not be eating, but you're going to be pooping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> pooping was, something. I don't uh, know. Yeah, Twinkies, Twinkie, <laughs> Twinkie preserves. But the uh, the fascinating thing was his daughter in in this uh, not uh, fictional this fictional book. His daughter had diabetes, so you know insulin has to be refrigerated. And it's got a shelf life on it. And there was a uh, long story short, there's a run on insulin. Uh, no refrigeration was uh, possible after two weeks just because, you know, ice melts. There was no power, blah, blah, blah. So, I, you know, two weeks is a is a doable deal. But for months and years, it's yeah, not, not. going to happen. It's so just not. What about in the short term, the two week scenario? What does the amount of cash on hand you know, I like. personally, uh, I would probably focus less on cash uh, and again, necessities. Right. So I don't know. You know, cash is that's a weird thing because you start getting into that gold cash. But like mm-hmm. in two Silver. weeks, like what do you you can't eat cash if the world's going to go yeah. to hell? Like you could have a billion dollars worth of cash. And if cash, if society isn't functioning cash, I guess you could use it for toilet paper. 
or Firestarter, yeah. you know, right. essentially. But I would focus less on cash because if society is not functioning, cash does no good. Now, initially, oh, let me buy that for whatever. But then after like a week, people are going, I don't need your cash. It does me no good. I want some food. Yeah. <laughs> Got to feed, fam- yeah, feed so my family. Short term, I think it makes sense. But yeah. longer term, again, we're talking two different type of scenarios here. One, the power's out, inconvenience thing. It goes a little longer than we thought. You got to be ready for that sort of stuff. Yeah, buddy. But then there's the catastrophic outage, which, Dave, to your point, you, you just can't be prepared for months and months or years and years. It's just not not possible, right? No, the whole the whole thing for that the average uh, person. really, really got me was you cannot store enough for an event like that. And you're talking medical supplies, you know, sanitation, which is basically Clorox, uh, hydrogen peroxide, al- uh, rubbing alcohol, things like that, medical supplies and so forth. Uh, but it, it's a really good book to read. It would give you a little bit more perspective. But the whole point is you cannot survive without community. That's what I was going to say. Like, so in the event of some catastrophic thing, the best thing you can do is form a community, which mm-hmm. is exactly why we survive today. We have communities where people have certain jobs and commodities and supplies. And so like, you can't, you can't carve yourself off and go live in the middle of nowhere for very long. Nope. You know, I, it's, it's just a weird, it's, it's a weird, crazy mentality. I don't understand it. Um, so before I read this book, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the hype. It really, absolutely. really is. I mean, we all could use extra storage, extra supplies, so on and so forth. But um, it really brought me back, you know, here we go about fear-based, you know, reactions to, uh, to life. Um but you really need to think about a little bit more short term, I suppose, than long term. I, I know that that's possible. And of course, the Bible does say mm. <laughs> at the end, at some point, there's going to be a lot of uh, suffering and death. But uh, for what we deal with at this point in time right now, I think just being wise about having a little extra, a little extra energy maybe resources would be wise but uh months and years maybe a gun or two wouldn't wouldn't hurt anything Mm -hmm. a couple boxes of ammo being able to protect yourself reasonably and also you know medication like if you're if you're on a a life-saving medication like you should have a decent you should have a 30-day supply. Like oxygen. you should try to have a 30-day supply. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oxygen. <laughs> I do have a 30-day supply of that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm good there. Well, hot air. Well, Lots of hot I air. I think we're talking about a little bit something a little different because we're we're missing some oxygen in this room because we're all smoking cigars. But <laughs> yeah. well, we're like we're uh, training. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're training. Yeah. The smoke filled haze and a nuclear blast. <laughs> yep. I'm in a haze. This ain't nothing. You gotta see the smoke smoke room when we're toking it up. <laughs> No, it's, uh, you know, that that's, so that's another reason to maybe look at yourself and what your lifestyle is. Like if you are, if you are certain that there's going to be disruptions, like you should be less and less reliable on things. So are you taking care of yourself? Are you, are you taking medication for things you need or are you taking medication for the ease of things? And I know that's a very, that can be a very controversial statement. But what I mean by that is, Uh, blood pressure medication for one. I believe that 
through proper diet and exercise, I'm going to say 95% of people that take that shit could get off of it. Right. But unless you put in the work, you won't. And that might mean you have to change up your entire eating habit or your entire lifestyle. But by not doing that kind of stuff, you're just leaving yourself susceptible to those things. Now, luckily, we live in a world I like kudos to the human race, man. We live on a planet spinning through space and blah, blah, blah with different seasons and extreme cold and extreme heat. And we live on a planet where there are people that are literally allergic to food that are fat. (laughs) How's that possible? High five. We're doing really well as a species. Like the human innovation is amazing because we have created, we have taken this treacherous rock of a planet and, and, we live pretty good, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, Tamed it. Yep. We live pretty dang good, mm-hmm. man. We live in a climate controlled, most of us. Now, again, man, this is in America. And if you're not thankful that you're here, oh, buddy, uh, thank God every day. Uh, however, you know, there are countries that don't have that. And, mm-hmm. and they are way more susceptible to these things. Well, you know, some of these countries that are already living like this, honestly, they're they are in poverty. They, uh, they Their basic needs are food and shelter. That's really it. And uh, what's funny is, of course, we're Americans and uh, the amount of drugs that we are on is mm, insane. Crazy. Yeah. Antidepressants. Yeah. This book addresses antidepressants and and uh, it talks about people that are, you know, we got a lot of youth on these things, which is yeah. why sure. our mental health is definitely a problem right now. But uh it, it describes a scene where, you know, after a certain amount of time, months after the supply is dwindled and gone, all these people are coming back off of these antidepressants because there's none available. And yeah. They are mentally unfit yeah. to survive. You know, so, yeah, there's prescriptions like that that, yeah, I agree. I don't know what percent of the prescriptions out there probably people could live without. I'd say it's a decent amount, right, for sure. But there's a certain percent that people need, like legit need. Yeah, Viagra. Well, for, yeah, so. for certain people, Dave, <laughs> I guess, blue pill, the little blue pill. <laughs> Without like, that, you would need antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed. Sorry, I It's, it's a good thing, good thing Dave has a 90-day supply, though, huh? <laughs> 90? That's it? <laughs> yeah, he's got a few hundred pounds in the basement. 90-day supply. I will sell. Take will three sell. or four a day. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring your cash. <laughs> if you get low on Viagra, Dave is the one to contact. Yeah. Mayor Dave. <laughs> golden bullets. I'll take golden bullets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for the people out there that like have a prescribed medicine that they think that they really need, uh, that's going to be hard because you can't really get a some of that stuff. You can't get a 30-day supply. Like They give you, well, they may give you 30-day, but that's on day 29, you have one day left of your supply, right? So not really hard it's not possible to really get a big supply of that so that might be a little harder to yeah to manage but that is you know and if you're in that category that should be one of your priorities right that's that's kind of the basis of the discussion like what to focus your priorities on and what is overboard right like you hear all this oh i'm gonna take all my money out of this and do this and buy gold and and it's like well in reality if everything crashed 
crashed, crashed like to zero. The economy just goes away, dude. Gold, any of those things are a very short lived resource. And then it's just going to be chaos without community. Mm-hmm. So yep. you have to, you have to help each other, even if they politically don't agree with you to survive. Like there is no commodity other than people that are going to get you through it. That's exactly That's right. what this book basically outlines is that we all need each other. You have certain gifts in certain areas. Matt has some in his and uh, you form a community. You work we know together. where your gifts are, Dave. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go without saying De- dealer, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> For, I really don't you guys. I'm, I was lying. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody raiding his stash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no pounds down in the basement. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't look there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we do. We need each other and we need each other's resources, sharing and so forth. But it's an incredible book to read. You know, the the funny thing that that uh, I took out of this some somewhat, too, is um, hats off to those of you and us that kind of live in rural communities and so forth that, uh, you know, we can sustain life here pretty easy, relatively easy compared to a city. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think prep in a city may be different than prep in the rural. Oh my gosh. Look what happened during COVID-19. If you guys ever will think about this within weeks, we had empty grocery shelves, right? We really did. Within days, hours, hours. I was, I was, overestimating there big time but hours it yeah. was nuts on the run on grocery like stores. on a national level too right yeah and that's exactly what the book says too within a week yep. all these grocery shelves were empty in all these all these stores and people were actually leaving cities in mass and it took time to get out here but they were coming in droves to some of these rural communities yeah really good read but you cannot prep long enough right that's the takeaway Yep. So another thing I like to have, I haven't ordered one yet. It's on my list is a, like a water filter. I think that's probably not a bad thing to have just to have around some of those. You can actually, it's like a syringe where you just suck the water up and it filters it as you draw it. Apparently you can get a whole bunch of gallons out of these things. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things like that, that you need. Cause you know, just recently, right down in uh, Houston, Texas, one of the most populous cities in the nation, they had issues with their drinking water because disruptions in the plant. So then they have to boil their water. Well, what if you couldn't boil your water? Like, what would be your backup? Right. That's all we're saying. Like, don't go crazy, but just have like if you're if if you have a family, like these are the kind of things you should should take into consideration. Um, you know, we've become so reliant as a society on walking into a room, just flipping on a switch or turning on a faucet and things just work. And when we're inconvenienced by 10 minutes, we get pissy and it's, it's again, kudos, like what a great world we've created that we have these things. However, uh, when you're in those situations where you have a week or so without it, like you just need to have a little bit of plan to try to ease your way through it. And then, you know, the cavalry will come. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, well, the big thing is, I think that we're, you know, as a takeaway, I get, I suppose from this conversation is that we're men here. We do have to provide, well, most of us are men. 
<laughs> Don't look at me like that. We're uh, we are, we are designed. We're not going to gonna ask you to prove it, Dave. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank God. But but our job is to protect, provide. You see what I'm saying? And as a dad, I have to look out after my family. So it it's not going to hurt to have extra in your pantry. It's not going to hurt to have a little extra supplies and things here and there. It would be foolish not to. But hoarding and over prepping and because some fear some commodities are they don't they're not really shelf stable right Mm -mm. some of them you can get by some of those prepper stuff prepper packages can go up to like 25 years or something but a lot of the shelf items at a store that they don't right what's a can of beans good for a couple years i'd say three to five years depending on not forever not 25 Mm -hmm. years though like some of that stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah man i have trouble getting my my fruits and vegetables the last three days <laughs> right yeah right Bread. even with all the preservatives how much stuff do we throw away because it expired right so yeah. that's the whole takeaway here don't don't go crazy on this stuff you'll just end up throwing away a bunch of crap at the end of the year it's true bunch of money bunch yep. of your sanity down the drain miss life because you're worried about shitty life in the future yeah. <laughs> you know one of the things too is they say you know if you're not going to eat it now don't store it. So if you eat, if you eat canned green beans or even frozen green beans, that's okay. You know, store a little, little bit of that extra, you know, can of corn, anything that you can have. I mean, frozen, eh, you know, because if, if you don't have any power, that's not going to last very long in your freezer. But the point is, don't buy all this garbage that you, you will never eat. Because at some point in time, if nothing happens, that shelf life, is going to be gone and you're going to have a, you know, four, two or three Shuffle thousand dollars of worth of junk. Yep. So some expensive dog food. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. That's an interesting concept, man. I guess look at history. What does history teach us? You know, disruptions are going to happen, but they gen- generally are short lived and outside of a catastrophic event. Uh, but catastrophic events are out of your control. So and we'll all be in the same boat. Yeah. So just, man, community is where it's at. People, community, don't go crazy. Yep. I think it's kind of the, the general consensus. Keep your head. Be cool. Think about it. Think through it. I'm going to buy 17 boxes of cigars. <laughs> yeah. That way we'll be uh, burning them because they'll be stale and dry. And whiskey. I mean, if you're, if you're going to injure. And Dave's got the Viagra, man. We're good to go. <laughs> Sounds like We're a party. <laughs> we can beatbox it all day long. That's right. That's right. Well, fellas, I guess on that note, again, little shout out here. American Dudocracy. Find us uh, on the multiple apps out there. Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Audible. Apple Podcasts, Pod Chaser, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, hopefully Twitter, soon. Twitter sometime, and don't forget to email us AmericanDudeocracy at gmail.com. Give That's us a right. like, yeah, share the show, man. Mm-hmm. That's that is as as some others say. I'll I'll just take it from them because they said it best. There is no fee other than sharing the show. Share us, give us a like. That's right. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Thanks. Peace out.